What is up, everybody? Good afternoon. Happy Monday to everyone who roots for the best team in the NFL, like me. Like me, like Kevin, like Craig. If you root for the best team in the NFL, you're allowed to enjoy this program. You're allowed to listen to this program. If you don't root for the best team in the NFL, maybe you're a Giants fan, maybe you're a Commanders fan, Shut the stream off, close the podcast, go listen to a Giants podcast or something, because this program is only allowed to be listened to by winners today. Let's bring on Kevin Kincaid, and let's bring on our guest today, Colin Thompson, to talk everything about what we saw from the birds, the commanders around the NFL. Colin, thanks, man. Colin Thompson, Not For Long Media founder. Wow. It's great to be on. It's the most fun I have podcasting by far coming on your show, so I'm ready to rock. And uh, it's a pleasure to have me. Thank you. Colin Thompson, also a part of one of the best football teams in Temple University's history. So a winner. We brought on. That's we got the, so we got the Temple, the Temple uh, mention out of the way. Do you want to do a Lansdale Catholic? Real say, quick? Lansdale Catholic, Archbishop Wood, Philadelphia Catholic League. All right, we checked that box. Yeah. Um, we're done with St. Joe's Prep. They recruit from seven states. They're not really technically in the Philadelphia Catholic League anymore. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. they play Emotep on a regular basis, basis and beat them. Um, so that's not even a real thing. But other than that, yes, Temple. Other than that, I've lost my entire career everywhere else I've been. I was a part of the 2017 Giants McAdoo team. Merged the epinectomy, got cut. Bears, mm-hmm. John Fox, got cut. Uh, I got cut in a training camp for Matt Nagy's good season in uh, Chicago. We were okay in the AAF. We were bad in the XFL. And Carolina, we all know the story there the last three years. It's been tough. So other than that, Minnesota, this past training camp, uh, really bummed. I know I don't want to drive the ship here. But, like, Kirk Cousins is probably one of my favorite players I've ever been around. I was only around him for a month. Yeah. And he's a baller. Like, everyone thinks he's good, and he kind of has that stigma as, like, the good quarterback. But then you get around him and you see the throws he makes on a consistent basis. You're like, yo, that's not normal. It's not even close to normal. So um, it's really a shame what happened because I picked them as my team to surprise people this year. And I think they were getting ready to start surprising people. It just how it went early in the season. Okay. That's actually a good um, segue into something that I did want to ask you. So, like, Eagles win. Great. We're 7-1. and one, Best team in the NFL. But, you know, we did struggle with Sam Howe. I mean, if Sam Howe played the Eagles for 17 games a year, he'd be in Canton. But then you look to last week, and you see one of the greatest offenses in the history of the NFL to start the league, the Miami Dolphins, and they hold them for, what, minus 17 or, no, 17 rush yards last last uh, last week? So why is it sometimes from week to week teams are like, okay, we're going to play awesome against, you know, another 5-1, and 6-1 team, battle the best and then you're looking at the commanders who have had a tough go of it uh, over the last couple of weeks like why is it from week to week the nfl is just so different there's so much parody it's crazy i said it this week and i it hit me like a ton of bricks like a ton of bricks uh, uh, excuse me bricks it's like an epiphany sorry i was at the uh i was at the florida georgia game this weekend so i'm limping into the week but uh it hit me like a ton of bricks this week where or last week where i was just sitting here and i'm like You know what's funny about football and people don't understand is when you watch baseball or you watch basketball, you watch hockey, like every Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, you can watch a team get better or worse and like follow a trend throughout the season. Like this rookie's getting better. This vet is getting slower, whatever. This goalie's not good. In football, we disappear for a week. So you don't really see what happens during the week with a team. You don't. You try to plot this chart of week to week, we've done this. 
But I think that's why you see these caverns of like San Fran's like the best team in the history of football, right? And now they're struggling a little bit. And then Philly, right? They blow a team out. And then, you know, it's a tight game against Washington or, you know, Miami. Or look at Denver, who, you know, got smoked by Miami. And then they beat Kansas City at home yesterday, which is a huge win for them. So I think you just don't see what happens during the week. Teams get better Monday through Saturday. And they get that much better where you see differences week to week. I think you could sit here and say, oh, Washington, look at their receivers. Look at their running backs. I like them all. I like their tight ends. I mean, same thing about Miami. Yeah. Sam Howell, I, I think he's fun to watch. So yeah. their defense is really good. They got great pieces on defense. So it's like an interesting team Washington is. Like they're kind of stuck in that no man's land middle. So we'll see what they do at the deadline. But I don't know. It's a great question. I just think football teams disappear for a week. And no one can see how things go Monday through Saturday. I was just laughing there because a, a ton of pricks is very relatable to me. I went to school with a ton of pricks. Like I worked with a ton of pricks bef- before. Um, you work with a ton of pricks now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, you know, it's funny about these games. Like I think sometimes when we get so wrapped up in like, you know, run pass ratio and, you know, Sam Howell looking like the second coming of Joe Montana and all of this uh you know, all the X's and O's from the game that like sometimes you pause and maybe you miss things at, at face value or at surface surface level. And I look back at the box score and I see touchdowns from Devontae Smith, two from AJ Brown and one from Julio Jones. I'm just sitting there thinking, like, imagine if you went back to 2020 and you and you told an Eagles fan while we're watching Jalen Rager struggle that there would be a game where a box score was gonna look like that. And it just it was it was just crazy to me that they just started bombing them man it just looked like air raid offense you know it's like throw that back shoulder up to aj brown double coverage no problem um you know launch it down the field you know they had a busted coverage where Devonte smith was open julio jones on what i thought was an rpo but i think it was just a straight um you know play. yeah yeah um but it just i i it, it it just makes you realize how much i think sometimes we forget just how much damn talent they have you know where, where they can overcome Stuff like that, you know, uh, and at the end of the day, I mean, if you told me if I told you before the game that Sam Howell was going to finish 39 for 52 for 397 yards and four touchdowns in a pick, you probably would have said that Washington was winning that game. But uh, I mean, it just I don't know. It's it's kind of hard for me to comprehend it when I when I look at it that way, you know? Yeah. I mean, the amount of times I jump on our show, we do the same boner show. One of our shows are not for long media Monday's morning. And, and you're like having these conversations. I'm like, what's because sometimes when you have people on or, or Mick, who's like freaking awesome is just like, he's feeling the emotion of like sports talk radio. He's feeling the emotion of, of the highlights, but I'm like, Mick, they just beat the, they're, they're the best record in football for a reason. Yeah. These, they have so many players they can dish the rock to. They have so many options they can do. I mean, how are the Eagles going to beat you today? That's the question every week. So, and you face a team like Washington, I think match up really well with them. So we'll see how it goes. I, I, I think, I like what the Eagles did offensively this week. I was, again, watched the tape every uh, Monday morning, the condensed, condensed version. And I was really impressed how they were taking things from other offenses around the league. Like that little motion that Miami was doing, which was sending Tyreek Hill out and you see him running around. They were doing that and wrapping it with like a little bubble screen RPO. I haven't seen that yet. I yeah. watched pretty much every game. Um, and if, I, if they did, I'm wrong. They're running some unique screens. They're running some stuff where they're bringing – Usually you see tight ends come behind the line of scrimmage to sell like a play action cutoff. Well, they're doing that with Jalen Brown to start the game to get him the ball right away in space. He makes a guy miss, you get six yards. Like, okay, it's not a big deal, but that's a big deal on first down to get six yards of a little dink and dunk to your receiver. And it, it's easy for Jalen. He doesn't have to move too much. I did think he looked a little hobbled. And I know you might yeah. want to get to that. I, I, 
sometimes you go out of bounds, you can see a guy, right? He's a freak. He can stop on a dime. But he looked like he was really focused on how he was stopping. I, I saw that a couple times when he was scrambling out of the pocket and getting into the sideline. Well, I liked how the aggregator accounts all took the Mike Sealski thing from the Philadelphia Inquirer too, and they just butchered it and was like, you know, Sealski reports that, you know, Jalen Hurts was an hour late because he was receiving treatment or something like that. It doesn't even say that in the article. It kind of speculates that, well, obviously the dude was getting some kind of treatment. As most Every day he's in there, I can guarantee you three times a day. He probably works with somebody outside the building, 100%, mm-hmm. I would assume. Most guys do, uh, which shows a little glimpse into what some of the buildings are in the NFL. Uh, having somebody you can lean on for second opinion on things, like literally everything, I think that's key. But I digress. Yeah, I think he'll be fine. And the guy's... Yeah. And he, he said as much. I mean, like, that's who Jalen is. You know, he he down. <laughs> it's not really a story to me that he downplays the knee because he downplays everything. You know, I mean, like we've talked on this show before about how he went to the Nick Saban school of media where it's like you don't tell anybody anything because they're all rat poison. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. I tell like a lot of people that because I've been in buildings and I've like played this game, like reading local beat writers, what they post and then being in the building, I would say 10 to 20 percent of what's being reported is actual like hard cut facts. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying people are misreporting. I'm just saying like, that's all you're going to get out of a building is 10 to 20% of actually what's going on behind closed doors. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very hard to get. Yeah. And it's funny too, how it comes out from the national guys too. I think Jay Glazer was the first one to actually put like a, like a, yeah. a diagnosis on it. I mean, cause we could all see for, for weeks, man. I mean, we're just using our eyeballs. Like he doesn't look right. You know, something's obviously there. And then we see him kind of pull, pull up on that run. I guess he had last week or the week before where he was going out to the sideline where you're like, Hey, something ain't right here. You know I mean? It's not really, affecting, yeah, not really affecting his ability to throw three touchdowns or four touchdowns, but there's something there, you know? And like yeah. bone bruises are, are a pain in the butt, man. Cause they're not, they're not like, they just don't, they just take a while to heal. You know, and, and I had like one right on my friggin' kneecap. It was like, I, it, and it didn't like you could do everything. Man, I mean, I felt like I could do everything okay, but and I'm not Jalen Hurts. I'm just some. I've been playing quarterback with that weekend warrior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, yeah, having a monster flying on your knee every play. Down the yeah. thing, yeah, yeah. You know, so I don't I think the bye week is timely. You know, but um, I, I'm not, the only thing I would say with that is like the devil's advocate side of it, where I think if like you know they always want to keep things close to the vest, they don't want to reveal any secrets or anything. I don't know if there's any secret to reveal here. Everybody knows he's he's a little bit hobbled and he's dealing with something. So I think like if you if you the other side of it is like you come out and say, I just got banged up here. This is how I feel. It's a little hard when I stretch when I like open up and play and cut and try to get to the sideline. You know, the, at least what it does, man, is like it ends speculation and it ends conjecture. Because the, the the little if you have few in if you have like little bits of information that people are just gonna fill in the blanks on their own, they're gonna make up this own shit, they're not gonna let it go. Maybe it's worse than we know. You know, maybe he did it with this, maybe he did it. That's my only argument against um you know, him being coy with it or him not wanting to reveal a lot of details. Sometimes you can shut down, you know, all the talk about it if you just say, hey, this is what it is and, and whatever. It's not like other teams don't know what's going on. You know, I mean, this has been out there on, on tape and we've all seen it for the last couple of weeks. So that was my only thought when I was, yeah. when I was looking at his reaction to that, you know. Colin, you, you can you give like people who are listening like a behind the scenes thing about like what it takes for people to like, what it takes for athletes to get ready for, you know, a game and stuff. Like, you know, sometimes you need the doctor feel good shot. Uh, sometimes like, you know, uh, you said, you know, he's probably in treatment like three times a week, probably or yeah. the day, probably doing something else. Like, what is it? What what goes into it to like be prepared to play when like you're playing 17 games a year? I mean, it's it's a war of attrition on your body. You're just constantly fighting the good fight of 
each week. Like it's each week is the same process for most guys. Um, let me just, I'll just talk, I'll just say, let's just say Jalen has like a, some sort of something going with his knee where he needs to like get, keep swelling down and all that. So after the game, Jalen would probably go home with some sort of knee sleeve on to keep swelling down on it. Uh, he probably has, uh, it's a bruise. Someone's chiming in here. It's not a torn ligament. Yep. So he, you know, he's got the compression on his sleeve on Sunday night. He's probably have one of the, like a, he's probably feet up in some sort of ice stem situation on his feet Sunday night. So, you know, he's not at dinner or whatever. He's going home after the game with his feet up. Then the next step Monday, he'll be the first one in treatment is always the first thing in because they want to see who's healthy so they can make practice reports, let the coaches know. So let's say game was that eh, that probably treatments probably at 9am on Monday mornings, a little bit later. Um, so we'll have treatment, then they'll have film and maybe a run or a lift that day to get the swelling out of his body. They'll be out of the building probably about two on Monday. And then hope I would assume he's going to go to a private, either go back to the Eagles training facility and he'll be there for two, three hours of recovery, probably watching tape on his iPad, getting ready for the next week. And then he will either go see somebody else, whether it's chiropractor, someone who's better at, you know, acupuncture, uh, a, a physical therapist. I mean, he may lift outside the building. You never know. Guys have relationships with certain trainers that teams bless and say, yeah, sure, you can go to. Um, and then Tuesday's an off day, so he'll get up. He'll be in for treatment the whole nine. It's a grind when you're hurting an NFL season, like grind. Your, your day doubles. If you're healthy, you're smooth sailing. And then Wednesday he'll be in first thing, full day Wednesday till 5, 6 o'clock, full day Thursday till 5, 6 o'clock. Start at 6 a.m. He'll be out by, you know, whatever, 6 o'clock at night, maybe 7 o'clock at night. Friday, you have a half day. So you'll be, again, probably with that physical therapist in the afternoon because you're going to be out of there by 1. They call it Fast Friday, so you're out by 1, 2. And then Saturday, you know, you're at home. So he'll probably see somebody in the morning Saturday uh, or maybe after because they won't be able to get to the team hotel probably till 8 o'clock at night. So there's just stuff throughout the day where you're every day you're checking a box of, like, Physical therapy, treatment, cold tub, it, it never ends when you're hurt. And you are just dying to get out of it because you're just constantly restricted to that. And on the bye week, if you're hurt, some teams don't let you leave. And that's think, that is think, brutal. You know, it's funny to me, too. I think this gets lost in all the injury discussions that Jalen Hurts didn't even show up on the injury report this week. He didn't? No. Yeah. The most famous, the, the most no, the most talked about injury on the Eagles. Yeah. roster this week but that's, the not, team. that's how good the team is yeah yeah yeah, yeah but it's like it's something to talk about it, it's it's fine because i don't think i don't think people will have a firm grasp necessarily like just because you don't appear on the injury report doesn't mean you're not dealing with something like there's oh. always like little like niggling like like knocks and like just residual soreness and things like that Get, like nobody's 100 percent, you know once they reach reach week x of the season you know i mean you played so i don't have to tell training you training camp training camp is usually yeah. when you when you get a training camp and you get a little bit of a breather you're like okay but you're still always dealing with something 100 yeah everybody's always compromised to a certain point where you're carrying something at some point you know just because a guy doesn't appear on the injury report doesn't mean he's not affected by something in some way so it's like i think if people kind of go into it more understanding that like somebody's everybody's dealing with some shit you know it's like that, oh. then you get a better better, better understanding and of the personal side like what are you doing with the house you know, say, well, which, how's your investment going? I don't think yeah. people realize that. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, like yeah. I don't know, I'm trying to. Jalen, I'm Jalen was out at the Time 100 event, you know, last week. You know, Time 100 most influential people and stuff. So like, he's got a life yeah. too outside of that with endorsements yeah. and everything. Yeah, so, here I am, but I was at two children's birthday parties this weekend, two days in a row. Okay, but that's I don't report that. I don't. Well, there's no crossing activity list. You know, it's, I was. At I heard about it. You know, trying to figure out like. <laughs> How much beer you can drink in 24 hours? You know, yeah. trying, to play, trying to play that game. It's tough. Mm -hmm. 
Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I hit my, seven bars on Saturday. It was a Hall of Fame day for me on Saturday. I I had a I had a great day. I had a Jerry Hurts level day. Yeah, and you were at the Sixers. You were at the Sixers last night too. Right? The last night. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you were you were in camp with um. Why am I blanking? Oh, Justin Jefferson and everything. Um, you see AJ Brown and what he's doing right now. Unreal. Like, how much does that fire up a team? Just like being like, hey, all all all's lost, pocket collapsing. Let's throw it up to AJ Brown. He'll make a play and and let's go. They need to put him in running back sometimes. Like <laughs> they're doing short pass game just to get him the ball. Like because what he's doing with little, that's how you guys are measured. So if I get the ball, like. I catch the ball in a bubble route behind the line of scrimmage and I get like six yards and break three tackles. You're like, yo, that guy's different, yeah. right? It's easy to get there when you throw it up and it's a perfect ball and you run underneath a big great. Or you're double teamed in the end zone. Perfect ball by Jalen kind of back shoulder ish. The first one, the one handed catch is ridiculous. Oh, the big body catch is ridiculous. <laughs> I'm sitting here saying, and you know how our world is. He's the best of all time in an Eagles uniform. Like dominant every yeah. week. Yeah. He's dominant. And I hate to be like the best category because that's all we talk about rankings and we're, but like he's up there. I mean, yeah, those are good discussions. They, those only, those discussions only become corny when they get into hot take territory. Yeah. When someone, when someone approaches it with like the ulterior motive of like just getting people to talk, we, we wrote, I think we all had this thought at the beginning of the year or even last year that AJ Brown is probably the best Eagles receiver since Terrell Owens. Right. Yeah. I don't think that's really a hot take. I mean, Jeremy Macklin had a, had a couple of great seasons. Deshaun Jackson was a different type of receiver, but nobody changed. If, if you look at the circumstances under which both of those guys joined the team, they needed a, a WR one in the worst way. Mm -hmm. A target was a big bodied guy who could, who could go up and catch the ball, who could get 12 to 14, 12 to 13 targets a game. The circumstances that they came in, you know, again, it was like Todd Pinkston and James thrash. Now you got Tyrell Owens here. Jalen Rager and okay, we did get Devontae Smith, but we got to make up for the Rager mistakes. We're going to go get AJ Brown. You know, it's 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 crazy to me how 15 years apart both of those guys came on, came to the team under the same circumstances, and their numbers are like eerily similar over the first year and a half. You know, um, yeah, I wrote this um, for the site today. I mean, Terrell Owens in 2004 and 2005 regular season, he played 21 games. Obviously, he had the injury. Um, 124 catches on 219 targets, 1,963 yards, 20 touchdowns and a yard per catch around 16. A.J. Brown in 2022 and 2023 regular season, 25 games, 148 catches on 228 targets, 2,435 yards, 16 touchdowns, and a similar YPC number. And they only played – you know, look, T.O. is injured, obviously. He came back in the Super Bowl, as everybody knows. He had the nine catches for 122 in that game on 14 targets. A.J. Brown, six catches for 96 yards and a touchdown in the Super Bowl last year. I mean, it's crazy how, how similar – that they are I, it's to the point where I don't think it's I don't think it's a hot take to say that at least during their times with the Eagles AJ Brown is pretty much like on pace but has achieved what, what Terrell Owens achieved here I think the only difference really between the two of them is like T.O. came here when he was 31 AJ Brown's only 26 and, and Terrell Owens career part of the reason why it's it's such a heralded career is because he played until he was 37 years old you know he was still having a thousand yard receiving years when he was 34 but I mean it's just it's crazy to me how how similar both those paths look like they both times the Eagles needed a stud wide receiver. They went out and got the stud wide receiver and both dudes yeah. playing lights out. Yeah. I mean, think about who he's overshadowing too, Devontae Smith, who's like breaking <laughs> records in the NFL and in Eagles uniforms, like on a routine yeah. basis last season and is nasty 
<laughs> like he is nasty. And you could see this year it hasn't all been great for him, but that's the NFL for you. I just love how the fact that like the Eagles players and coaches have to be the most aware of what the media and fans have to say about them. Like we got to get Dallas Goddard the ball next week. Boom. Guy erupts. Like, because there's only one ball, like who are you going to give the ball to? But it's pretty clear. They're, they're trying to force it to Jalen, like in a good way, like he's getting the ball and we're going to force it to him. And then everyone else is going to be second fill. And that's kind of a part of where it's gone. Um, Cause you can't stop him. Even with two people, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with the running back room. Like I'm a huge Deandre Swift fan, his physicality, the way he runs the ball, they're all kind of similar in their own way. But I think Deandre is the best at all of them. When you have it, when you have a, t- a receiving core, including Dallas Goddard, that's as talented as it is, does it justify throwing the ball at a 65 35 ratio? You know, because then we inevitably we get back into the argument of like, do they need to start running the ball again? But after what I watched yesterday, I don't well, know if they it's need to debate, right? Like a couple of weeks ago, when like the Eagles are running the ball, it's like, well, like they're they have eight guys in the box, like they're just taking what's given to them. I, they really truly run a, a college offense. And I hate to say that because it sounds very amateur, but no, but they run what's great for Jalen. He's back in the gun. He's super smart. You see the RPOs hit. Like, Kevin, you're like, I don't even know if that was an RPO or not. Like, that's the, that's where they're at now. And I don't think it was. Watch, hey, no, Craig, if you, Craig, Craig, if you can Google the um, – or just type in the Julio Jones touchdown in the search box, Craig. I looked at it this morning. It was, it was a play-action pass. And it's a great – the left side of the line was pass blocking the entire time. When I went back and watched it, I was like, there is no running com- component to this, but I don't, I don't, honestly, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't so think why, why is it, why is it derogatory to say that something is a college offense? I think college offenses can be very interesting and innovative. I think a lot of the stuff that makes it to the NFL is probably tested first, probably appears first in college. I mean, maybe, maybe the play or yeah, maybe the playbook is not as thick yeah. as it was. I mean, I remember Usually it goes opposite high school to pros because these guys in high school, yeah. You know, are sitting around, they're not recruiting, they're coming up with these off spread offenses. You see all this different stuff, and then a college coach recording. You could see it here now. Yeah. So this is the Julio Jones touchdown. Julio said after the game that they saw something on a film that Washington was showing them. They've got five guys down on the line, but there's actually a linebacker who's on the on the boundary side who's kind of just sitting there and spying Jalen Hurts. And you know, on the pool there, they they get the safety and the linebacker and the middle linebacker to both step up. But again, I thought it was an RPO, but it was not because it was just straight pass blocking the entire time. If you watch the left side of the line, that's just you know they're pass blocking all the way. They're not even trying to straddle the the, the threshold there because I mean, a lot of the times you'll see them kind of hug the hug the line and and they don't want to get downfield, but they'll kind of push laterally or horizontally or whatever you call it if there's a handoff in there but I, yeah like watching it again there was no handoff there i think they just saw that they could get the um i mean correct me if i'm wrong but it looks like they thought that they could just get them to bite and uh, yeah they just want that guy to step up and it was split safeties right so they're saying all right if it's a split safety look julio you're going to stem in at the backer here in the middle you're going to freeze them and you're going to push vertical and we're going to hit you Jalen's yeah. late late on this throw in my opinion uh run ball yeah, it's a little late. You can almost feel it, right? Like just a little bit. Again, they're not critical. It's a great play. It's a touchdown. That's football, guys. There's a lot of stuff people are late on or early on, and it, the play happens, and you don't even notice it. But I'm sure the QB coaches, hey, you got to speed up your footwork here uh, and move from there. So no, I mean that's the other element that Julio adds, right? Is like, yeah, now people got to prepare for this in the red zone. Like, okay, Dallas Goddard can run that same route, and he has run that same <laughs> route. Zachary used to run it all the time. Yeah, yeah. So like, I, I hate people don't like shiny things in Philly, but it's like you have a shiny thing now. Just really enjoy it. Like, you have, yeah, it's really hard. Everyone's like, oh, that's Philly for you. It's like I get the Phillies and all that, but hey, you know what? I'm, 
is what it it's is. It's tough because have- like we should like it, it's so funny because like I even have written down in my notes like I like this team. They can beat you with defense. They can beat you with offense. They can beat you with special teams. But I still don't know what I know about them. Like what are what like just I want them to just reveal themselves. Like kind of like last year. Last year was kind of easy. Like people were still down on the defense and stuff and everything. And Jonathan Gannon. And Their defense was nasty. But the defense was nasty. And, and me and Kevin like me and Kevin talked for seventeen straight weeks about being like you are just so unappreciative of this defense until they Unreal. would just. How about yeah, Saad yeah. Reddick, man? Like, I just want to talk about a guy who, who like, yes, you're not going to put on tape and see Miles Garrett. You're not. Hassan's not that. Hassan walked on as a defensive back at Temple. People don't understand that. He played DB at Temple. Now he's playing the edge in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So, like, but Hassan is just always there and physical and tough and plays hard motor. and, like, crazy motor. And, like, you're just like, this guy is biggest moment. I'm going to make the play. Miami stuff, man. Yeah, right. I met early in Miami. They, Miami loves crack toss and setting the edges. Yep. And they tried crack toss against him twice. He just boop. I'm going to ruin it. Most yeah. guys are like, "Oh, who's cracking me? Who's pulling?" Which is normal. That's how your coach sounds like. Nope, I'm going to take it. That goes back to the Temple days. Like, that's how rule is. That's how defense. Phil Snow was defensive coordinator. Like, you just, I don't care if you screw up. Like, but you got to trust your instincts and go. So that guy doesn't get enough credit in this league. Guy's a monster monster i just yeah. think it's funny because um just going back to the the offensive concept real quick i um it's funny because when owen schmidt came into the nfl he was a fullback i always lean on the west virginia thing because it's like it's what i know you know Dude, but i give remember me more fullback talk i'm all i'm all for it but i remember he said that like you know rich rich rod's offense wasn't complicated they called like six plays over and over again they called zone read this way they called zone read that way they had like an rpo that they threw to darius rain on i mean it wasn't complicated because it didn't have to be you know i mean they were having success doing what they were doing they were reading defenders I and mean, that was like early on when like you know reading and pulling started becoming like started taking over in college and just i mean look at like how people were um reacted to chip kelly when chip kelly came here to the Eagles. I mean, that first game where Michael Vick was just slinging it and they were running out all up and down the field. I mean, that was, they didn't have to run pro style shit, you know? So it just, no. I, don't, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know why at some point I think it took on a life of its own when people said, though they're running a college offense, it came with like this negative connotation, but I don't even, I don't, I don't necessarily. Yeah, they're perfect guys for it too. Like literally the perfect build a team. We're going to have this unreal line. Just like Oregon back in the day when they were really humming, their line was sick. Yes, yeah. all those yeah. guys played in the league. So Chip is like, great. I'm just going to put the speed with it. And you load the box is what the Eagles are doing. You're going to load the box. Great. We're going to pick any one of our wideouts. Even our not two top tier guys are going to have success. And our tight ends will be great. Great. You're going to play more of a cover two shell like Miami does. We're going to run right at you. And then we're going to have unique ways of doing it. And unique ways to get the ball in our best players hands on a continual basis. Like that's what the college offense is. The NFL Pro style, Kyle Shanahan, you see it. It's like we have two plays. If the front's this, we run this. If the front's that, we run that, right? That's kind of that, which has a lot of success. Miami runs it. Minnesota runs it. The Rams run it. Niners run it. Like, it's successful, but it's all based off your quarterback. You can see the Niners changing now with Brock going a little bit more gun. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. The NFC picture is ever-changing, especially with Minnesota, I think. They were a team in the in the second half of the season with their schedule and how good their players are. Uh, you know, it's a shame what happened to Kirk, but you know, it is what it is. The Niners will be, you know, fine. Dallas is coming on. We'll see if they're for real this weekend. Who would be your pick right now? Who who's your who's your Super Bowl who's your Super Bowl matchup right now? 
Put it on the NFC and AC. Who did I pick the other day? I moved my pick preseason. I mean, I, I think, I, listen, I think it's just Eagles Chiefs until it's not, right? And that's not a disrespect or slight to any team. That's probably the first time I made a public prediction. It's just Eagles Chiefs until it's not. Right? Like, yeah. the whole, it's the, they're the guy. They're, it's Andy Reid. They have a great – it's all like Colin Coward always says. Like people hate him in Philly. I think he's awesome. I think he's super smart. I don't agree with everything he has to say, but I think the way he does the show is a really unique show. Like, owner, GM, head coach, quarterback. It's like – Okay, go through the franchises. Who checks the boxes right away? Right, Kansas City, Philly. It's like they're the two, and people are like, we don't like nice things in Philly. Philly's been good for decades. <laughs> Philly's been good for decades. We talk about our childhood. We talk about all the NFC Championship games. We talk about so enjoy the shiny toys. I think what's interesting too is that the Eagles have turned the ball over like eight times in the last three games, um, and they've won two of them. Um, you know, if you told me you were at such a negative margin and that I would have, you know, coming out of it two and one would, would be crazy, you know, but I, and then I think we like, I think Philadelphia sports fans, I, I think this is part of the negadelphia thing and like listening to sports talk radio and all that. And, you know, cause Kyle and I talked about this a lot last year, like the Gannon stuff, we were still, people were complaining about the defense, even though they were like six and oh, seven and oh, eight and one and all that stuff. And I, I don't. I think the pursuit of perfection is like a great mantra to, to believe in, but like, find me the last NFL, you know, team that went 17 and 0 and played a perfect game every game. Like it's, we say that the Eagles have not played their best. They haven't played their best football yet. All right. Well, what does that even mean? Seven and one. What, what does that even mean? No, but is, is their best football. I mean, everything's flawless. Everything's yeah. perfect. Every run game. goes for five yards. So I just think we have to like, I don't even know if there's a question in here or not. I just wish we would get away from that mentality of like, oh, it's got to be – everything's going to be perfect. It's naive to think that everything's going to be perfect. There's not going to be a perfect football game. I mean, if the Dolphins put up 70 in one game, and then they lost, you know, two weeks the later. made them look pedestrian. Yeah. Really, yeah. offensively. And their offense is sick. <laughs> sick. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't, I don't know. I just I, – maybe I'm just – I wish people would just frame it frame it better. It's like, well, once we get the turnovers cleaned up, well, they turned the ball over twice, and they came back down from double digits, and they still covered on the road against a division rival that always gives them trouble. I mean, wouldn't we look at that in a vacuum and say it's a good win? You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's, no, it's, it's funny because this team, like – this team kind of encapsulates Philadelphia in a way, just like it did last year. Um, you know, winning ugly, I feel like is kind of like a Philadelphia thing. Like we don't like win pretty here. Like you're not like, you know, you're just, you're kind of, um, just grinding from the beginning, you know, blue collar kind of mentality and stuff, but you also got like Jalen hurts underdog, Jason Kelsey, the center underdog, um, Hassan Reddick on defensive end, your best defensive end underdog, Devonte Smith undersized kind of was an underdog. AJ Brown wasn't a first rounder and stuff. So it's the like, head coach is. yeah, the head coach is an underdog and stuff. Um, no, how, how would you like playing for that for for him? You play for some 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 good coaches. Kevin O'Connell oh, seems like a, a pretty cool dude. Uh, Nagy, uh, I know it didn't work out there, but everyone said he's he's a pretty good guy too. Yeah, that'll work out. Obviously, rule. Yeah, I mean, they're all different. I, I Nick seems awesome, right? Like he loves his players. He when you don't call plays, you can manage people. And I think that's like Andy Reid's. I don't think Andy Reid's calling plays in Kansas City. I think Matt Nagy is. So you could you could see, you know, Sirianni go down and celebrate, put his arm around somebody. You can't do that as an OC. You can't. Like, you have to be like, okay, are we going for two? What's my play call if the coach says? Like, so if you have a head coach that's an, that can handle both, right, I think that's really key It's to have success early on. But if you have the initiative to say, you know what, I'm going to give this to somebody else as a play calling that believes in my same system. 
because you could see last night on fourth and two, they were talking about it, I believe, what we're going to call together, standing right next to each other on the sideline, him and the OC. There's one thing, too, about Sirianni that I I questioned two things. And I, I and it's weird because an NFL free agent, it's like I'm training like to be with the team. So I could be with the team tomorrow. Like, And it's really hard to do that in media, that fine line. Um, and I love Coach Sirianni. I think he's a really good coach, obviously. Like, the guy's a stud, a human being. I know guys that love playing for him. So when they played the Jets on that last Jalen interception, I'm running the ball and I'm punting it there. Mm-hmm. Third and nine, whatever it was, and Jalen's off his back foot and it's kind of a crappy day. And I'm punting and make Zach Wilson and the Jets go 60, 70 yards and hit a game-winning field goal. But I get hindsight's always, you know, 20-20, and I love the aggressiveness. And this is what the question is for anybody who's going to be going and, like, asking him these questions. Like, is that his – you know what? I'm not playing that way. And I respect that if that's it. Because the last night when they ran, you know, the fake – brotherly shove and then ran the sweep if deandre just slides down there game's over yeah yeah does he, does he believe in that because some people i would say analytically 80 percent of the league believes in that just take the knee game's over man because now you have guys covering kicks may get hurt you have your defense out there again someone may get hurt and then they go march down the field and score if they kick an onside kick they're get better field position they're right in the same situation so like you give them a shot instead of like when that first down happened, the game is literally over. So I wonder if that was communicated and DeAndre said, screw it. Or like that's my question is what I would be is because if it's a mantra thing and if it's who we are, then, hey, you're golden. But if it's like a communication error, right, like I don't know, that could bite you, you know, and you don't want that to. I'm going to bring Anthony on, Anthony San Francisco. <laughs> and Colin, I know we only had you to – I know we only had you till twelve thirty, so if you have to bounce, just let us know. You guys can kick me off anytime. No, I do want to. I, I got one last one for you, man, because I saw I was I was scrolling um, Twitter and um, I, I saw you were talking about uh, Pat McAfee, and um, I thought that was an interesting. I guess the gist of what you were saying is um, you thought he was one of the best things or the best thing that happened to sports media in recent. What, what, what was kind of the gist there? Because I found it interesting, but I. I wasn't sure what the genesis of the of the thought was. Some article came out in the Athletic, which I enjoy. I've subscribed to it. I like reading the articles. I think it's unique. I like reading the Athletic. So I love reading Crossing Broad too. I'll shout out. But well, thank you. I digress. Forty nine percent of people say they don't like Pat McAfee on College Game Day. What? Like what? Mm-hmm. What? Like I always wonder what these polls are because I'm what never asking these polls. These polls never ask me. They never find me. Like, are they on the street? Are they on my nest not looking close enough? Yeah, like, like when, is it the same group? Out, is it yeah, the same group? Yeah, when you come out for like a, an election year or something like that, or it's like, you know, people in their 20s or their 30s think that, you know, rent is too damn high. I was like, <laughs> I, I haven't, I've never been asked that. Where's, where's my participation? And then, and then you look at the bottom and there's that little star there. And it's like, we polled 1,500 people. Yeah. It's like, well, do 1,500 people speak for the over millions and millions of 20s and people in their 30s and people in their 40s? Yeah. I, I just don't think so. I don't know where these polls come. Like, we don't know if it's some crotchety old man from, you know, Midwestern Nebraska who hates fun and Pat McAfee and everything. Or we don't know if it's some kid who's like 13 years old who just can't understand why this guy has no sleeves on and he's just yelling into the camera. Like, we yeah. don't understand. I'd like to so, ask in San Francisco after, yeah. after you want to talk, Colin. No, I just, I just, that was where, that's where it came from. I saw that and got immediately like pissed off. I'm like, this guy has changed the whole thing. He started his own media company. He had his own serious show. Like he has trailblazed as an individual, especially as a former player 
to be what he is now and do not just like college game day and his own show and WWE and call games on ESPN. Like these people don't exist. They don't, people stay in their lane, do what they do. They like you guys, they trailblaze in their own lane. This guy, like he's going to be on good morning America. It's only soon enough. Like, and you're telling me that this dude is, you know, whatever. I don't know. I just hate that. I think to get off my long crowd, like my wife, all her girlfriends, my dad, my mom, my father-in-law, who's literally a get off my lawn guy, loves him. Like, so that pissed me off. All right, get off my lawn guy and San Francisco. What do you think of Pat McAfee? Love him. Absolutely okay. love him. I was a fan of uh, of his show long before it got to ESPN. Uh, my concern was that he would be, you know, tampered down at ESPN. Uh, that was my concern. I didn't like him going to ESPN because I thought they weren't going to let him be him. Yep. And his show that he had prior to joining there was fantastic. And, you know, I think that there's been a little bit of, of a give, you know, pushback against, you know, against that because I think he did at first seem like he was going to have to be a little bit Pat McAfee light on ESPN, for lack of a better word. But I'm starting to see that maybe it's their ESPN's realizing we got to let him be him. We got to let him be himself. Otherwise, this isn't going to work. And so the, I, I think there's been a feeling out process. And, and right now, I think it's pretty good. I think it's a pretty good show, and it needs to stay um, and maybe even get completely back to where it was before. But yeah, why speaking, would you- to the, speaking to the poll itself real quick, Kyle, like you're yeah. talking about, we're talking about college game day, right? Okay. They were not, they not, they didn't bring Pat McAfee in to put him on like, what's a big J ESPN program outside the lines or yeah. whatever? Sports like, reporters. Yeah, he didn't come sports in to do like thirty for thirty. Yeah, he wasn't sitting around with Mike Lapica around a table like discussing like you know. And super talented people, and, man. They're all super talented, like all those shows. But like, come on, it's twenty twenty three. Everyone's fighting for clicks, views, follows, yeah. and you bring in the guy that drives that ship literally for the sports world, and is and you know what? He's also super smart and well prepared. Like yeah. he has copious notes on like every team on college game day. He's going to, my opinion, that show doesn't really need saving because it will be around forever because people love it. But man, he's a bolt of lightning that came onto it and then needed that. I think Him it's, co- it's college, it's, it's college game day. College game day, game day is supposed to be fun. I yeah. mean, who, you have the remember, guys, remember who, who the audience is. Yeah, that remember would, who the audience is. It's college kids in the crowd. Yes. <laughs> Why am I even holding him back? Like, why does ESPN have to be like, I get it, Mickey Mouse, I understand all that. But like, when is that going to stop? The question that you have to ask yourself, and the answer is a resounding no, but is Pat McAfee compromising the uh, journalistic product that they're putting out on college game? No, I mean, what journalistic product does ESPN even put out to begin with? Exactly. Exactly. Come on. The point is, are (laughs) we compromising the great, the great? journalist known as Kirk Herbstreet who refuses <laughs> to make a pick because he's calling the game as as if like choosing who you think is going to win the game compromises your ability to, to call. The game. That's a whole other diatribe I could go on. If I yes, correct. I agree with but, you. But you, get, you college, get the framing, right? It's like, what, what are we, what are we really, what sanctity are we uh, breaching here? What are we defiling here by putting Pat McAfee on? No, nothing. It's supposed to be fun. It's sports, man. You know, it's what we're money doing. Money talks, money talks, right? And you know, that ESPN is going to send him sign him to a 10 year deal with college game day. Like this poll, like they're literally gonna be like, Oh great. Ripped up, thrown out. Like every sponsor is lined up at the door when Pat's there. Why would you let him walk? They're not, I'd be shocked. Well, and the other thing I'll say to that Colin is that, is that if you're 50, 50, right? If 50% of the people like you and 50% of the people hate you, then you're doing exactly what they want you Pretty to do. Good. 
then yeah. that's you need to be kept on, and they're going to give yeah. you that contract because people will tune in to see him. People who hate him will tune in just as often as people who love him. That's what I think our split is. Awesome broad, though. That's what I yeah. think our split is, Anthony, and people who think I think fifty percent think that we're far right uh, MAGA Republicans, and I think the other fifty percent think we're um, far left liberal soy boys. So I I'll think give that you per- means- I'll give you a I perfect think- example, Kev. I'll give you a yeah. perfect example. So we're down at the Phillies, right? during the playoffs and I'm sitting yeah. there with Bob and, and Eskin walks over to us and he comes over and he starts f- freaking out about something you wrote something right. that pagans got up on the side whatever like yeah so he's ripping you guys to me and Bob and he says but I love you two so there's four of us but two of us he loves and two yeah. of us he hates you're striking the best balance ever you know absolutely that's right i I think you can't do it any better than that you know the people on facebook think we're all liberals i think the people on twitter think we're all magas so i think what we've learned from anything is that nobody can identify what any what anybody actually is politically or socially and that's good based, based on their blogging so full steam ahead we've already given and way too much time on this program without having to answer for the sins of his San Francisco 49ers. So I want to, I want to ask you what is up with your San Francisco 49ers and will you hang the October Super Bowl champions banner again next year when it's all (laughs) said? Why are you so fascinated with the 49ers? See, this, is what's, this is what's. Oh, this you're is what's, obsessed. Yeah, he's doing the you're obsessed. I am obsessed. Why are you obsessed? Thing? This yeah. is so ridiculous. Like you, it's Dallas week, and you're and you're focusing on the 49ers. And it's Monday of Dallas week. Okay. Yeah. It's it Monday doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. There is I no Dallas thought, week. I don't even think about Dallas until Wednesday. No. Okay. So why so why are you freaking out about the 49ers? I'm they were three and four. They were three and four last year, and one and then when what? Would they win ten in a row after that? Well, I'm just saying because we I mean, were talking about it, and you were saying they are the best team in the NFC three weeks ago, and now they've rattled off three straight losses. Yeah, they've had they've had a lot of injuries. They've not played great football, and they're going into their bye week, and they're going to come out of their bye week and probably look a lot better. But I mean, yeah. if you want to sit here and start ripping teams in in week eight. I mean, just you gotta, you gotta, like I was saying in the chat, you gotta wait and see, man. Who knows what's gonna happen come the end of the season? Through the season. I'd like to comparison, and yeah. not to defend you here, and and I will defend you though. Thanks. You're missing literally the one of the best, the best football player in the NFL plays left tackle. Trent Williams. I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, how the, you see night and day. Brock Purdy looks looks brilliant. Williams is in the lineup. When Williams is not in the lineup, he looks like the last pick in the draft. So right? let's I take mean, out Lane Johnson. A serious question. Take yeah. out Lane Johnson and take out Jalen Brown. What do the Eagles look like? Yeah. AJ Brown. I always do that. AJ Brown, yeah. Is well, that the same team, Kyle? We saw with uh, against the Jets when it happened when, uh, when Jack Driscoll had to play uh, over Lane Johnson. Um and they were still in position that. to win that, that ball game. I mean, and it's not like it's not like the 49ers suddenly <laughs> fell off a cliff, dude. I mean, they they should have won the game that they lost on the missed field goal. And if they're not, if they against if Cleveland, not, who Walker, who way. maybe has, and nobody talks about it, but Cleveland has maybe the best defense in in the AFC this year, if not the entire NFL. I mean, there's a, there's a good argument to be made for that. Jim defense. Schwartz, yeah, Jim okay. Schwartz. Okay, all right. The Jim Schwartz had a great game plan that game. Yeah. Um, 
they, they, they I thought that the the Minnesota game that was the ugly one, right? But I mean, then you lose to the Bengals. I mean, it's the Bengals are a pretty pretty good team. I mean, it's not like they're just it's not like they they are shit in the bed against a bunch of sack you know suck ass teams. Yeah, they didn't lose to the Panthers at home or, or whatever. You know, <laughs> I mean, so. you know, yeah, the, the four and three Bengals who have given up 144 points put, and have only scored 100. Where was but Burrow starts move. the season hurt, dude? Like he's playing hurt. I'm just saying, I the Bengals. I, like, <laughs> I, I look, look everybody everybody can have everybody can go through a lull right i mean even ford went 13 minutes without making a comment earlier in this, in this <laughs> hey, 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 hey. okay listeners. i mean everybody has a lull a that's row. the 49ers lull you're about to get seven <laughs> ford comments right in a row here here we go there's <laughs> there he is that's <laughs> python on python crime right there that's yeah. right but i, I don't said, I, I here's I, I have a i have a take for you i think i've had this take before but um i just i don't think that dallas week is a thing anymore I just don't think that there's juice for playing the Cowboys like there used to be. Not not like it was maybe three or four years ago. I just think that should people be this year though. Yeah, there's should be this year. They're both the there's been. years. There's been there's been juice, but before, like I always said it, like I I hated the um I hated the Giants more than I hated the Cowboys growing up. Now that the Cowboys are consistently good, and obviously we had that four and twelve season where it didn't matter and stuff. I think we had an eight and eight sprinkled in there too. Um, this one does feel like it's it's kind of a um. A big game, like you know, Skip Bayless is already talking shit. People are already talking shit. Cowboys fans and everything. Like this one, I think this one will be a, will be will have some juice. They're always gonna be. I just don't think that like I don't know. Not to go back to the same argument again, but like I, I it's they haven't. What is Dallas won? Dallas hasn't won shit since you know Blockbuster was still around. You know, 25, so- 25 years ago, yeah. Eagles Cowboys week eight or week nine. I forget what week it was. I was up on a damn billboard. With the with the guys at WIP on I ninety five, your face was on it too. No, oh. we were broadcasting from the billboard. Oh, you were on the you were literally we were broadcasting the, from the for, for Cowboys Week. Okay, that's how crazy it was. Have all the all the people. So, there was almost accidents on I ninety five as people slowed down to honk their horns and wave at us. Yeah, driving by. Okay, it was craziness. It was in Northeast Philly. I, I still can't believe we did it. Wait, how did you yeah. get every? How did you set up on the? Yeah billboard anywhere they They had a they i don't know what the tech guys did but they worked at it like two days in advance and then they sent us up in like this cherry picker and we had to wear these harnesses and you had to go up in a you had to go up in a bucket like the we went up in a cherry picker yeah in the bucket yes and they brought (laughs) we got stepped out we were in these harnesses and they were attached in case we fell or something happened it was like real all this whole safety thing (laughs) and i was up there for i was up there for five hours on a billboard (laughs) couldn't couldn't take a couldn't take a piss couldn't do anything right had to sit there for five hours and i froze my ass off because you know you're up in the air and the wind was blowing it was in november it sucked but a really good sponsor for that right some car (laughs) that's what Dallas week used to be yeah. and so I agree with you Kevin in a sense yeah. I do think it has kind of tampered down a little bit I'll say in closing here that for me at least for my closing mm-hmm. that I is it is it not the same what why has it changed is it because we don't know what Dallas is going to be like before growing up like I knew what Dallas was going to be it was like physical run game and like Jason Witten and like you knew DeMarcus Ware was going to be a problem and like they still have all those same players there, though. So it's like, what, like, you know, with Washington, that was going to be a good game last week. Like, period. Like, everyone in Philly would say, Dot, Washington plays you tough. Like, you know, it's going to be a one score, maybe 10 point game, like it was. What, 
does anybody know the answer? I think if everybody There's knew the to, I don't think there is anything to hate. Like, do we hate Dak Prescott? I mean, do we hate Mike McCar- McCarthy? I, I don't know. I mean, Dak has played pretty well against the Eagles in years past, but I mean, these guys are perennial playoff chokers. I mean, it's like, what do you, what do you yeah. think? I think you just don't know what you're going to get. You, yeah. just, you just don't know. You could literally get the best team in the NFL or you to get a team out there that's like, you know, trying to make a comeback against Arizona, which, you know, yeah, it's better I mean, than people think. It's not the best that the la- like three of the last four um, uh, times we played them. There's been a backup quarterback. Backup quarterbacks. Yeah, there has. There's been a lot of weird circumstances. I think in the last couple of Dallas games, they've had a couple at the end of the year column where they were like where the division was already wrapped up or whatever. Like yeah. I remember there was a big one. I think the Eagles played the Cowboys on like, the same day. The Temple played like. The Temple had a big game or something when Matt Rule is still there. I, I can't remember, but I, I just know that there hasn't been. Damn like, right we did. Yeah, yeah we did. Always did. <laughs> yeah. All these Too reasons for, for juice of kind of like yeah. it, there's some just some artificial stuff. Gardner Minshew playing the one game, you know, um, Ben friggin' Danucci here at the, the, the link, you know, like that kind of shit seems to keep coming. But it doesn't. Yeah. The, what I'll say is that WIP is not putting anybody up on a billboard <laughs> this week. For, I should put you guys up there, Kyle. There's your stick for this. Oh, dude, I would pass out. I'd, I'd be the one hanging over in the harness because I just passed out and flipped over the billboard. <laughs> did you have to sign like a waiver or anything, yeah. Ant? Or did you guys, did you have to sign your You life know, I don't there? remember signing a waiver. I'm sure we did, but I don't remember. I don't remember them absolutely. <laughs> people I just remember people up in court. People it was two shows. You had the morning show and then it was Mac and Mac. That was this. So I was the Mac and Mac producer. So I had to replace Wector. So, but, but we had to go up early onto the billboard because it's like it, it was a kind of like it, it was a process to switch everybody. So we were up there for the for the last hour of the morning show, just off to the side, and then we had to switch switch people out. Yeah, it was five hours. Colin, I got one more for you, and I'll, and I'll let you go. Uh, we we caught Kenny Gainwell replying to DMs at halftime of the game. <laughs> I got a couple I've questions. Seen guys, man. I've seen guys get on their phones. Like, why? Like, why do you search yourself? Why do you reply to people? Like, you're a hundred thousand air millionaire athlete. You have way more problems in your personal life than and on the field in your work life than you do of anyone saying something in your DMs. Why is this a thing? I would just go to my PNC app. I check my bank account. And you'd be like, you know what? I don't have to reply to that guy because I'm doing pretty fucking good. I think people. I think people just have it in their system, right? Like, whether you're a millionaire or you're a hundred thousandaire or you're a billionaire, like who you are when you had nothing, you're usually the same person you are when you have money to some extent. So, yeah. you know, I just why do guys do it? I don't know, but I'll tell you this: I have gone at some people on my Twitter uh, <laughs> during my days, and then I've like leaned into it and made fun of myself. You know, like yeah. when I was in when I was in. Um, Minnesota this year and I signed Adam Schefter tweeted it which is just crazy because I'm just yeah. like a fifth tight end fourth tight end in the NFL but Adam tweeted it and people are, so I right away I just commented like who like the yeah. like the, the gift of Snoop and like it blew up and everyone's like this is my favorite Vikings player like people are buying my jersey I'm getting little like I'm I got like I think I probably made like a hundred bucks off fanatics because Vikings fans bought my jersey after I tweeted that. So, <laughs> you know, whatever it is, uh, you got to lean into it, man. Yeah. Are, are guys big Google like do they or Google do they yes. search themselves after games and stuff? One hundred percent. Guys are big on Twitter, so you'll 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 be walking like, say you're in the back of the bus. You, you walk on the bus, you can't see everybody on their phones, right? But you're walk. See, I want another Chick Fil A sandwich. Or I want something or like. 
you're going to call your wife. You walk off the bus. Have you put your bags down in your seat after a game to get you know back to the plane on the away game? You go down. I bet you three, four guys are on Twitter scrolling their names. Up. It's their name. Well, the good thing is that the people who ordered your jersey, um, they just got notices from fanatics that they just started shipping them. So. <laughs> oh, the old 48, Thompson 48. <laughs> oh, I love it. will be in the mail by uh, uh, Christmas. Yeah, it'll be a great Christmas. My Colin Thompson jersey will be here. Oh. <laughs> uh, my, my family's like, should I buy a jersey? I'm like, do not. Please do not buy a jersey. <laughs> do you, do you, yeah, do you say that? Like, there it is. Ooh. There it is. I got some traction. Oh got some pretty good traction, I think. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, will there be certain stops where you're just like, dude, just don't get the purple and gold. This one's just this one is a nice little training camp invite. Yeah, that that's how that was. I mean, it it I was a I mean, I played a ton, which was great. I needed to film. So it was it was a mutual benefiting thing. Their team, their tight end room was stacked, like ridiculous. Four guys that are four like starters in the league. So there was no way I was who knows? I could still be back up there. There's about five or six teams that we're talking to right now, which has been really good for me. Halfway through the season here, getting another jolt, training, trying to go. So, did any of them wear Kelly Green last week? Again, can I can nor uh, confirm nor deny. Okay. Look at you, right. look at you, Pagan, trying to pu- push that envelope just a little bit, huh? Good. I mean, I, I I'm actually Schefter's that's journalism guy. right there. That's journalism. Yeah. You're Schefter's I'm guy. The one, I'm the, the one who fed that information to Schefter that Colin was signing <laughs> with the Vikings. <laughs> Guys, thanks for having me on. Hey, buddy, we always appreciate it. Thank you so much. Colin Thompson, not for long media. Temple game this weekend versus Navy, and I'll be at the birds game. Wow. Look at you double dipping. Philly weekend. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right, buddy. I'll talk to you, bud. Yeah. Love it. Uh, It's good journalism by you. They found emails from Adam Schefter to uh, Kyle Pagan. Schefter was asking Pagan if he had permission to uh, release my medicals. Yeah, to post it, yeah. Yeah, and how we feeling about uh, Dombrowski and uh, and Rob Thompson's um, press conference? I thought Dombrowski's press conference was great. I really mm-hmm. did. I thought that he had a lot of really. I thought he was very transparent. He was very open. Um, and, and you know, I hope you 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 listen to what he says and understand what he says. Same thing with Thompson. I'm going to get to Thompson in a minute. But, like, the way that he says certain things, I think, tells you everything you need to know. Um, like, if I, like, what do you think about his, the NOLA questions, how he answered them? I think that there's no question that he wants to bring Aaron NOLA back. He absolutely thinks that Aaron NOLA is the kind of guy that they need in that number two spot behind Zach Wheeler. But they also know that they were nowhere close on his contract requests back in March um, and that there's a real possibility that other teams who are desperate for starting pitching, even more than the Phillies would be, um, might be more willing to give him that term and that that salary. Um, And then in that case, the Phillies would have to pivot and go in another direction because I do I think Aaron Noah is going to get an eight-year contract I don't and I know that that's kind of what he was asking for back in March um I think he's probably going to get something like six and years well that's what it was the reports were this was before I really started diving into things with the Phillies right so it was that it was yeah the reports are that he had an eight million he wanted an eight-year contract extension 
He wanted to be here when the uh, Sixers built their stadium. Yeah, that's exactly. Like what he, that. he, he wanted to be you know, be down there to be cut the ribbon. Um, so <laughs> the first yeah, one to ride, first play. one to ride Septa from uh, from from the Paco. Him and Jersey him and all the mascots with the with the governor with Shapiro. Yeah. They'd be the first one. And there. union labor would be. Yeah, there. all the union labor guys. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I think that ultimately, if he gets six years, one hundred and eighty million, which is thirty million dollars a year. That's a question the Phillies are going to have to ask themselves. It's probably even a little bit more than they probably wanted to go. I think that they were kind of looking more probably $26, 27000000 million a year and maybe a five-year deal. Um, so you're looking at having to give him a little bit more money and an extra year. If they're willing to do that, I think then you can get him, bring him back. If not, they're going to have to look in another direction. And what do you think about Thompson? You said you wanted to touch on that too. So a lot of people just – try to make it like a slam dunk that what Rob Thompson was talking about when he said, you know, and reflecting back a couple of the, the decisions that he could have done differently. And he mentioned the lineup. They automatically assumed, see, Kyle Schwerber shouldn't have been leading off. Alec Bohm should have been moved out of the clean off cleanup spot. That's what it was. We were right all along and topper stinks. That's not what he was talking about. What Rob Thompson was more talking about in general was the fact that they made such a guaranteed commitment to having Johan Rojas in that lineup in the playoffs every game and that despite the fact that he couldn't hit in the playoffs Mm -hmm. they stuck with him and it basically turned the number nine spot back into a pitcher and that that impacted the entire rest of the lineup and so the thought process was even if we kept so could you have kept him in the lineup? Was there a way to keep him in and ch- and kind of change the the calculus there? You could have dropped Marsh to the nine spot, mm-hmm. right? And that would have changed the dynamics a little bit. Of course, then you're going to go back-to-back lefties with Marsh and with Schwarber. The other option would be can we maybe, maybe start Pache? Not that he hits all that much better than Rojas, but he does take pitches. So there's the possibility that he works a walk. Um he, in retrospect, probably would have liked to use him as the pinch hitter in Game Seven in the fourth inning with the bases loaded, as opposed to waiting until the seventh inning, whatever it was, sixth or seventh inning, whatever inning it was, when he actually used him as a pinch hitter, and he worked a walk because in that spot you got a rookie pitcher on the mound, the crowd's going nuts, the bases are loaded, two outs, he's not going to want to make a bad pitch, so either Pache is going to get a pitch to hit or he's going to lay off the sliders that they threw to Rojas, right, one or the other. Um, so maybe you keep the rally kind of going there. Those are the lineup decisions that he was kind of talking about. It's not what everybody kind of felt. That being said, this is going to be a different team next year. And so you might have a different lineup next year. That does not include Kyle Schwarber in the leadoff spot. I think so. It's possible. Wow. It's po- so let's I mean let's let's th- let's consider it just for a second. Harper's probably going to play first base. They're going to have a they're going to have a long set. That's the first thing that they have to f- figure out this offseason. Yeah, what's that hard to hard conversation? Hey Bryce, where do you want to play? Oh, first. All right, cool. We'll talk later. Well, that's it could be. But what if Bryce says he wants to be in the outfield? And they say to him, we really don't want to move an outfielder. So we really want you to play first base. That's the heart-to-heart. I feel like he would Or maybe the heart-to-heart's the other way. Maybe they want to bring Hoskins back, and the heart-to-heart is, Bryce, we need you to go back to the outfield. I would say that was that would be Could, one that he, I, w- I would think. I, I think if he didn't want to play first base, he would have never went to the organization and been like, hey, I'll learn first base for you guys. Yeah. No, no, but I mean, I think that that's what they have to kind of figure out. They have to figure out, is he uh, – 
<clears throat> your your everyday first baseman next season, or is he more of a regular outfielder who can bounce in and play first base? Because here's the other thing. If he's your everyday first baseman, and so you're not bringing back Reese Hoskins, well, then who else plays first base on this team when if Harper can't? If he gets hurt or if he has to be moved or, or – you know, he needs a day off or, or you know, or, you know, he needs a DH or game or whatever. That's what I meant by not yeah. moved. If he needs to get be moved out of the out of the position. Um, I, you don't have another guy because, you're, I mean, it's not like Jake Cave is coming back or anything like that. Right. I mean, so, um, yeah, I mean, that decision has to be made first. But I, I also don't think Rojas is going to be on the team to start the season. Well, yeah. Dombrowski pretty much said that. Yeah. Um, so the question is, is is Marsh sliding back into center and you're starting the year with Schwarber in left field and Hoskins is a DH and Harper at first base? Uh, it's possible. <clears throat> I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what yeah. they do. I think that – but I do think that there's something's going to – somebody's got to go. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. And it, it's going to suck because uh, it's a very likable team and whoever they do choose to, to leave, it's, it's going to – I think the fan base is going to be – going to be hurt by it whether it's recent free agency or whether it's like brandon marsh or cassianos or yeah orbs or whatever but um yeah um i got one more little fun sidebar with you guys i was thinking about this over the weekend and you guys are actually the two perfect people to have this because obviously and you uh you're in musicals entertainment and plays and stuff and then yeah. obviously uh kev loves loves music am i crazy for thinking that i could write a number one song like not like saying it. Just the lyrics, you mean, or the actual, the just just the, or the music. The, the the lyrics. I can't do the music. I can't no, put- absolutely, you could, you could do it. Okay, you could absolutely. I'm not a crazy it. person. No, like I if mean, I if I wrote a number one song and I gave it to like Taylor Swift, like I, I could go number one. Here's like, the, here's the thing that you have to understand is that what makes music popular is the lyrics are fine, but the music, the actual music itself, has to be contagious, right? That has to be what what people are are listening to over oh. and over again. I, I, Kev, as a musician, I think you would agree with me, right? That it, the music has to be impo- is the more important thing. The lyrics could be the you could write a, a goddamn po you know poem that is the greatest poem ever written. If the music that accompanies it sucks, nobody's going to listen to it, right? I listen to an entire genre of music where half the time you can't even understand the lyrics. It's true. Yeah. And that that hasn't stopped you know death metal yeah. bands from playing in front of ten thousand people before so yeah, yeah. All right. it, it's all about the composition what are you trying to write are you trying to write a pop song here or no something? not not at all i was just walking down the street the other day and i was like i was listening to some music and i was like i could write a number one song do all you have to do the callum scott thing as you guys have i think that's what it was actually have, have, as, as everybody is probably aware by now the callum scott thing really pisses me off because <laughs> He's getting a bazillion Spotify plays off of something he didn't write off of us off of a remake that was remixed, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like, why the fuck wouldn't I just steal somebody else's stuff and put my own spin on it and push it out there? And you know, I mean, some of the most there's so many famous songs where I, I don't even know if people know that they're covers. I mean, like 15 years from now, do you yeah. think kids are gonna listen to like Limp Biscuit and understand that Faith is a George Michael cover? So that, or, they, or they go yeah. back to the first Sublime album and there's like five covers on there. There's a cover of like the Grateful Dead on there. If I was a politician and I got, you know, elected and I was in the Senate or the House or whatever, I would submit a bill that says anybody who does a cover song, whenever they perform it, it has to be announced that it's a cover song. Whenever they put it in print, it has to have parentheses behind it that says, I didn't write this song, somebody else wrote it. And maybe we'll add a couple other facets of the legislation there, but it just drives me crazy. I mean, this guy's like super famous off this song that he didn't even 
didn't even write it, you know? Well, what if you're like Kanye and you take different samples from different songs from back in the day and everything? Do you think that consists of a I, cover? The fact that you that? said Kanye is, is amazing. Yeah. Like, everybody does it. And they've been doing it for years. Yeah, that's been going on since the beginning of time. I mean, all, Will, of, all, all of Will Smith's things. stuff is, yeah. is, is covers of other people's music. Samples, take, like, samples taken off. And snip it and maybe just like put it in the beat machine and put some beats around it hyperloop it and all that stuff making come back around even even stuff is recycled i mean there's only so many keys you can press on a keyboard there's only so many frets on a guitar right you listen to like like dua lipa had a single her last album was basically just a disco album where you could have confused me it could have been the b it could have been leftovers from like the bgs or something you know hmm. but it was like repurposed and you know reorganized and structured with a different singer over top of it but there's there's like a song she had where there was a riff that was like straight out of uh, like another one bites the dust you know but nobody cares to look at that or check that or whatever so i uh, to answer your question yes i think you just have to steal somebody else's song and just write your own lyrics and uh shut up this is funny from philly fan staffer the middle east is in full war president kevin but these damn covers are going without, without people knowing no but here's the thing it's like it's like you get some politician like some like some rookie politician or some like new politician who yeah, yes. The um, let me go. Oh, the Republicans and the Democrats are butting heads over the budget again. I'm gonna like propose the most obvious friggin' thing on the planet, and it's gonna get passed. I'll be like, yep. um, I don't think that people who crash their car five times should be allowed to drive again. <laughs> oh, what a great bill that is. I mean, it's like no shit. Yeah. Of course, of course, they're gonna you're gonna sneak that, that one past the defense while everyone has to fist to Let me propose like something that 99.9% of people agree with. Oh, look at my first piece of legislation or whatever. Yeah. Like well, you should well, run well, for uh, whatever you can run for city council, I guess. North, in, North uh, Penn North School Penn. Board, right? I mean, we yeah. just have to argue about like mask mandates and whether we're going to have uh, what kind the of books. books are gonna, out of what library. books should we ban from the library? Yeah. Yeah. They have the police over there. Now they park the police cars out in front of the thing during the school board base because they don't want the parents beating the shit out of each other. Thing. Great. While we're on the uh, topic of music yes. and we normally talk about sports and, you know, football, you think fantasy football. Have any of you guys, either of you, tried Music League yet? Do you know what this is? Uh, no, that, that's what TikTok sure. became. So, Music League is basically fantasy football for music. Oh, Music League, League, League. Music League. It's an app, and I got into my first Music League a couple weeks ago, and it's so addictive, and it's a lot of fun. Basically, what it is is you get your friends together. And you come up with category like like categories, and everybody's got to submit a, a song through Spotify, right? That fits that category, and then once everybody submits, you have points that you can assign, you, and you don't know who picked what song until after the, after you vote, right? Yeah. So you assign points to the song, and it says, okay, I give like five points to this song, three points to this one, but you can also downvote. And then there's standings after each round. And at the end of however many rounds you want to play, you know, we do 10, but if you want to do whatever, whoever has the most points is the champion. They win. Yeah, go to how to play. So ready to play. Here's how it works. Each league is made up of a certain number of rounds. Each round is a musical theme, like covers, or I want your sacks. When the round opens, league players are notified to submit a song that fits the theme. When everyone has submitted, everyone receives a link to the playlist to listen, consider, and then return to... Greg, music league to assign points and add comments to reminisce, toast, and maybe a gentle mm -hmm. roast. Once the votes are in, everyone will be able to see the results, including who submitted what, how everyone voted, and all the comments. And then last one, 
Points are earned from round to round and accumulate through the entire league until a winner is crowned. I thought this was going to be like you just pick a song, like something like, I don't know, uh, Snoop Dogg releases a new album. You're like, well, I like the one drop it like it's hot. I think that's going to be the hot one off the thing. And then you just you revert it through like uh, Spotify streams and whoever has like the most Spotify streams, kind of like, you know, AJ Brown. No, 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 no. It's all it's all it's all voting. And, and, you know, some people take, you know, take it strategically and are like, oh, this song is probably going to do really well. I'm going to downvote this one. Or oh, I really like that song. That was a really good. That's a really good pull. It's it's kind of like you know um, all the all the social games like um, Cards Against Humanity. Like you know when people throw it in and you're laughing and it's like oh that one's the funniest one. I'm voting for that one kind of thing. So it's that it's the same kind of concept, um, but just in an, in an app form and it's linked with Spotify. And so yeah, it's it's pretty cool. It's a lot of fun. It's addictive. We should do a crossing broad music I, I would i would reward all uh, kevin's music like a one every time it would be like slayer then it would be like you would downvote every one of his every, every one of his songs well i guess i wouldn't because strategically i'd put it a i'd put it higher See? right because then everyone else would downvote it am i getting this right you could be yeah you got to think about it it's there is a there is a strategy to it but then you also get to like, make comments and rip each other which is great it's fun. yeah I, I like more than death metal i'm a, there's more there's more than meets the eye here in pagan musically <laughs> although i do have to say that um i i've been trying to get the uh the cannibal corpse guitarist on the show oh, nice. he's, a, he's a huge eagle he's like a huge eagles fan yeah but i i was trying to get him during like the uh playoff run last year but they were touring mm. so i can so i will keep that we'll make him like the new um Joe Cordell, right? Like Cordell. it took me five years to get Joe Cordell <laughs> on the show, so I'll try to get Eric Rutan on here um, sometimes. Kevin's an onion. You got to peel him back. He's got different music tastes other than you know Megadeth. I like that. Yeah, it's yeah. Great. It's not just it's not just about death metal. Yeah. Dua Lipa, it's Baby Shark, it's uh, anything that's on. It's anything my kids my kids are watching. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Gabby's Dollhouse is one. Yeah, that's Dora the Explorer has been like reverberating through my skull for the better. But so I was saying to Colin, you never know what somebody's going through. You know, <laughs> I've, I've had cartoons blasting around in here for like what's going through. Too much Peppa Pig and too <laughs> yeah. much. You never, you never know, know how what's going through, and you never know how. how you, don't judge people because you don't know how they're suffering. Yeah. I'm, my team's seven and one. That's all I'm thinking about. And 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 Kevin's gonna wonder if he can watch the Sixers tomorrow night or, or they got to put the Peppa Pig on. I think I watched um, my kid jump in a bounce house for four hours this weekend. She had two birthday parties two days in a row, and she kept saying, Daddy, come watch me on the bounce house. Daddy, like she's like, commanding your attention. I'm like, well, all right, I guess my dumbass is going over to the bounce house again. So <laughs> She had fun, and I just kind of, you know, watched Anna, you six, I got a quick stickers point, and then we'll, we'll let you everybody go. Um, still keeping them at arm's length. But are, you asking, are you asking me? No, 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 no. Or are you? I'm, 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 building, I'm building up the drama. Oh, okay. Drum roll. No. Um, <laughs> still keeping them at an arm's length. But they're a fun team. They're a fun team to watch. It's, it's fun to watch a team make a cut to the basket, move the ball, and um, not just dribble for 20 seconds and throw up a three-pointer. Um, and I'll say this, too. I'd be interested to see what James Harden's like in this offense. I wouldn't. Uh, there is no. He can't play in this offense. That's a whole. Yeah, but I would. I would. I would like to see it. He's got to build up the trade somehow. If he I, goes in, the offense disappears. I think. I will tell you that I think an under the radar move that they made this offseason, and nobody wants to say it, but I will. Is I think Ubre is going to be a nice, nice piece for them. I yeah. think that he. I think that he. There's something that Nick Nurse can get out of him 
the way he plays and fitting this this offense, I think yeah. he's going to be a really important. You just need somebody to come. They haven't had somebody come off the bench and just fucking fire away since mm-hmm. Lou Williams was here. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you need like that kind of like Jordan Clark scared or something. Of it. Yeah, just yeah, shoot. No I don't. I don't care if you chuck up five threes and that's but you're coming off the bench. That's what you're here to do. You know. Well, we don't know obviously what we're getting for James Harden and everything, but like this is kind of what I was hoping this team was going to be this year. Kind of like a fresh start, get the two max contracts off the books and everything next year. Different Maybe kind of exciting you know five seed six seed maybe even a four seed if they if they surprise some people in the way that Tyrese Maxey and Joel Embiid's playing right now they could even be a, a four seed without James Harden it's just kind of what I wanted you know a little trust the procedure a year off you know not have so many expectations let 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 Sixers fans you know kind of come back down to earth maybe focus on the Eagles more maybe focus on the Phillies offseason more give themselves you know a little break from the team and then we'll pick it up next year um and for anyone that thinks Joel Embiid is going to request a trade, he looks like he loves it here right now. He's been playing amazing. 35 points in, what, 29 minutes last night? Didn't even play the fourth quarter? We're still keeping him at arm's length. Oh, yeah. But the arm is getting shorter. Like, yes. it's, it'll slowly retract yeah. throughout. throughout we're, we're, like, we're like a full one right now. Yeah. But, like, they keep playing like this. I might go T-Rex arms. Like alligator to T-Rex. Yeah, that's yeah. correct. Not like Freddie Mitchell short-arming a ball, but like an yeah. actual, yeah. yeah. Not a Todd Pinkston, you know, look at the safety. <laughs> Alligator arm. Yeah, not Todd Pinkston across the middle on a on a ten yard uh, shallow. Yeah, I'm gonna write about the Sixers later on the site. I'm gonna. Uh, I think the working title of the story is uh, "Cutting and Moving Makes a Triumphant Return to the Sixers Offense." So we'll um, we'll work on we'll work on that one. Catch the fever, Ant. I can see it just radiating off of you. Sixers fever. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Actually, I watched a lot of the game last night. I thought they, you know, I thought that they actually played really well. I mean, there was a little gap in the early in the second quarter where it was like, all right, what the heck's going on here, guys? You doing any AP? You going down for AP to do Sixers at all? I, I haven't been asked to yet, although I am uh, filling in as the AP guy on Saturday at the Flyers. Oh, so so does that mean Russ Russell Joy is going to be running the press row show himself? No, I'll be there. I could do both oh. at the same time. So the oh. the setup that we have down there now is actually kind of great. I don't even have to sit on press row. It's called we call it the press row show, and it's technically yeah. just off of press row. It's like away from press row. But you got your own, you got your own like like box or something. It's not on? a box. No, we're actually out amongst the peeps. We're out oh. in the we're in the sports book. We're in Bet oh. Rivers. We're oh. in the Beth River sports book. And uh, oh. um, but the setup that we have it it's like right over the ice. And so basically, all I do is after we do the the show, like intermission or pregame or whatever, I just take my computer, turn around. There's a ledge right behind me, and I can sit there and work right from there. I, there's no reason to go into the press box. I'll have to come down to a Flyers. It's time for me to come down to a Flyers game this year. Maybe I'll join the press row show. Yeah, you guys should. You guys should come back, come down. That's he never won last year. Well, the only time I've done snow the goalie was uh, I think Anthony was sick and Russ I had COVID. Yeah, Anthony yeah. had COVID, and so I drove up to Ben Salem to save like a remote um, broadcast or something. I didn't know fuck all about hockey. I still really don't. Yeah, but um, and we were doing like the intermission show, and I'm like, so what do you guys talk about here? Because nothing really happened. There weren't any goals. There's some mucking, mucking and grinding. So yeah, dumping pucks in. Yeah. yeah. Well, they got them in deep. They got those pucks in deep. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I'll try horrible, th- horrible thing that happened in hockey. You see the, Ugh. I, I, Adam oh. Johnson thing. It's I watched awful. it, and I feel like I don't know why I, I watched it. Um, I don't really get scarred by things. That's that scarred the shit out of me. That's it's awful. Yeah, it sucks. Awful. Something needs to change in the sport to prevent that from happening. Yeah, yeah. You know, I know yeah. it's I know it's 
not something that happens all that often, but, but it, it comes close enough that yeah. that it something needs to change. Yeah, uh, they'll figure so, something out. They'll think of something. I mean, it's it's not. It's neck not guard, the neck guard. The neck guard should be yeah. required, right? Yes. Like, that's crazy that neck guards are not required when you're playing a game with sharp ass skates attached to your appendages. I mean that those blades are so sharp. I mean it's like how you're wielding a weapon. Yeah. I mean really are. Oof, so. man. Excuse me, he was just thinking about it. Hey, people tell people on the uh on the flyers, why should they watch the flyers? By the way, I did say on this program, if you did bet a hundred dollars money line on the flyers first five games, you would come out in the green. You would have came out in the green this year. Yeah, I mean they've played pretty good um so far. I thought I thought that the they've played what, seven games now and then or is it eight games? Whatever it is, um, they've only had two games where they've not been great. One of them was the other day against Anaheim, where they lost seven to four. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean they they're competitive. They play hard. I think that you're going to see they're going to have some challenges this week. They got Carolina's a good team. Buffalo twice. They're a good team. L.A. coming in. Um, they're decent. I think this is a tough week for them. So I'm not certain that they're going to maintain their winning ways. But I do think that they can hang around 500 at least for a little while until the league kind of catches up to them. Um, so I think this is a good time if you want to go, if you're thinking about going and checking out a Flyers game, I would go now. I would go before Thanksgiving. I think that's this next stretch is a, is a good time to go see a game and, and, and have potentially see a good, you know, see them play a good game and, and uh, be really competitive. Why is Morgan Frost exiled? He's playing tonight. Okay. He's back. Why was he exiled? Because he's not a good player. Okay. <laughs> I mean, in all honesty, I mean, look, he's, in his, he's in his fifth year in the league. All right, and he's got a lot of skill. He's good, but he's one way. He's he's one end of the ice, and he only shows up against teams that are not very good. So when the when the when the pressure is really on, Morgan Frost does not play okay. good hockey, and it pisses Tortorella off to no end. Um, and so they sat him out for six games, and and now he's going to be back in the lineup tonight. This ought to be a, a real test because Carolina's got a good defense and. See how he plays against that team. See if it, it a little fire under his ass. Um, if it if it did, great. Good for the Flyers. Good for Morgan Frost. Uh, if it didn't, um, then that's probably it's unfortunate. He probably needs to go somewhere else to have a kind of a re, restart to his career. Timeouts work. Put him in timeout. Well, they did. Yeah, I love for it. Six day, six games. I love it. All right, Kevin. Anything else before we get out of here? No. Good show. Thank you to everybody for listening. Thanks to Colin for coming on. Yeah, it was nice to have it was nice to have Colin support the the San Francisco thing too. Just so you yeah. Know. yeah. Thanks, yeah, to we didn't, San Francisco. Yeah. yeah, we didn't we didn't get into enough of that. We should have talked more about that. But uh, <laughs> there's always next week and the week after and week thirteen. Week thirteen, right? We've got about a month, right? And they come here and get their doors Over blown off, and then we'll have you on yeah. first thing in the morning. I'll be good. I'll be ready. All right. Hey, right. thanks to everybody who, uh, who who tuned in today. All winners. Uh, we only only people who root for the best NFL team in the NFL was allowed to uh, listen to this program, listen to this podcast. We appreciate everybody who did that. Uh, we will talk to you on.